Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Coming to you live, Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Al found that picture of Wayne Corbett catching the football and him in the background. He put it out on X. I reposted it. So if you want to check that out, it is uh, it's pretty funny to see uh, Al just turning around and, and, and watching that and being in the background of it. Uh, so this is a, a something that's been in the news the last couple of days, especially after what happened at Duke and then what happened with Caitlin Clark a few weeks ago. That court storming is back in the news and how dangerous it is and how players could be hurt. And this is something that needs to change. Now, this only happens in college sports where you get a big football upset, they storm the field. You get a big basketball upset, they storm the court. Obviously, it doesn't happen in the pros. And if you if you step on the field in the pros or the court in the pros, I mean, you're going to get arrested. Now, the difference is that you don't normally see like hundreds, thousands of people doing it at once. It's generally one or two guys, like the Super Bowl streaker, and then they tackle them and put them in jail. Trying to stop an entire 100, 200, 300, 400,000 student body that's storming the court is a completely different thing. Now, I, I like aesthetically as a fan to see these things occasionally. Not when you feel like it's just a silly upset where, you know, a team was a five point underdog beat somebody. No, I mean, when it's a huge upset in football and basketball and college sports, I think it, I think it looks great on TV. What was that one recently? It was Tennessee? Remember how was Tennessee beat Alabama? Yeah, I think it was when Tennessee beat Alabama, not this past year, but the year prior. That view of that stadium and those thousands crazy fans, those crazy fans, thousands yes. of people on the field was just in, incredible. And the goalpost is coming down. It's just it's it's just nuts. But I I do understand the fact that these players are getting knocked into and it's insane and the the fans are nuts and you have to protect them. But I I don't think it's as dangerous as people are talking about. And I honestly, I don't know how you stop it. Well, the problem is, is that things have changed. And I think social media has changed the whole thing. People are taking pictures. People are trying to get up close to, like, say, Caitlin Clark and yeah. take a picture and all that other stuff. And then they're posting it on all their different social media channels. I, I think that's part of what's going on now. I got to tell you, back in October of 1983, we were hosting the University of North Carolina at Bird Stadium. We were both in the top 10 at mm-hmm. the time. Okay. And we had won the game, I believe, I, if I, I, we won the game by two points, if I remember. And I think it was on a two-point play that we converted. Wow. Okay, And, you know, we ended up winning the game and the entire Bird Stadium, one of the largest crowds ever in the history of Bird Stadium, ran down on the field and they carried us off. Mm. Now, I don't know what was going on with the North Carolina players at the time because it was our home field. Sure, right. Um, But they carried us off. It was one of the most memorable games I had ever played in and been a part of. And to be in the sea of humanity like that and see so much joy and happiness. Now, there were no phones back then. 
Right. So I, I don't think anybody was trying to capture anything or the moment we were just there and it was total euphoria. And for us as the home team, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it's probably amazing. It's a memory you have for a lifetime. They now, took down the goalposts and everything. I remember did you they, feel like it was, but that was like one of those moments that it, it, it warranted that reaction? Yes, yes, okay. it was crazy. And you know who I think did that game? I think, I think that game was nationally televised on ABC in the play-by-play oh, guy, wow. Al Michaels. Al Michaels, incredible. I, I think. Well, I mean, it's insane because, you know, this latest so one. Ago, it's hard to remember. This latest one where uh, Wake Forest stormed the court after they beat Duke. Wake was favored in that game. They weren't even an underdog. That's a difference. That's crazy. And that's just kid. You know, that's college kids. Now, yeah. now it's, you can see the Duke player kind of getting run over. And right. Trying to. It's Filipowski, and he is. Yes. He, he ends up, hurt. you know, yeah, he ends up getting hurt. But I think it's, I think he's going to be all right. But it was, I mean. So that's why it's back in the news. And Caitlin Clark, and that other fan, you know, she bowled him over and everything. Else. I, don't, I don't know. Did she, she might have, like... Yeah, I, I, and I'm good. I'm glad that she did. You yeah, know, yeah, if, if it I, went that yeah, way. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't think it was as bad as everybody was making it out to be. But this one, I can see how this kid is kind of caught up in the middle of the storm. He's, like, right in the eye of the tornado. Right, right. And then you don't, and you hate to see that, and you want to get off the court as, as fast as possible. But, I mean, he's also, I mean... I, I, I am in no way blaming him for this, but like he kind of was dilly dallying out there a little bit. I know, I you know, I know a hurricane has an eye. Does a tornado have an eye? No, no. absolutely. So not. he was like right in the eye of the hurricane. Eye of the hurricane, yeah. Or in the middle of the tornado. He's in the middle of the tornado, yeah. Eye of the hurricane. Eye of the hurricane, which is the middle of the hurricane, right? Mm-hmm. There's really no, there's no middle. Well, here's the thing: when you're in the eye of the hurricane, it's quiet. True. Very true. He could have been in the outer rings. He could have been in the eye wall. That's where it's bad. That's where it's bad. That's where it's the toughest of the eye wall. But uh, do you want to see court storming banned? I don't. I don't. Uh, not, well, I don't. As long I mean, as long as it's a genuine euphoria and you're not trying to run over the other team's players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and if you are one of those players, let, let's just say uh, this kid in particular for Duke. Yeah, Filipowski. Filipowski, right. One of the best players in college basketball. Let's just say he took a swing at somebody to protect himself. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. There I is mean, a potential for an explosive reaction from somebody. There is. Now, that's never happened, has it? Not that I know of, but again, like I said, I was in the middle of one, but I was in the middle of one as the home team, not the away team. Right. And the, the genuine euphoria that was associated with that was a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah, I mean, and I think that most of most of them are for the fans, but just it happens too much. You know, I mean that that's the problem. It just happens if it, if it happened occasionally in a huge upset, you'd be like, great. But when it's happening when you're favored in a game, it's like, come on. I think they took down the goalpost at Bird Stadium. Oh yeah, I'm sure they ripped that's, them that's down. The move. And I, I know there was part of the goalpost that was down on Route One by the Vu and Bentleys. The Vu, and I don't know if some dummies ended up. Hitting an electric wire, maybe, or an overhead electric wire or something. I'm not, I think that may have happened too. I'm not sure. Somebody got electrocuted. You know, I got a, I, I don't know if, did I tell you this story on the air yet? I don't, speaking of a live electric wire. Okay. All right. So it was just a month ago, probably, one of these real windy nights. And I'm leaving the house in a complete, like, 
blur because that's what I do. When you leave the house, you're like, you just, you're exhausted, whatever time it is, you're like getting into your day. So a tree had come down on the street where I live and there was a wire hanging from it. So I'm driving and I'm like, I see this and I'm like, ah, like I can avoid it. So I think to myself, I'm like, I should probably tell Gina about this. But I was like, nah, it's like four o'clock in the morning. Someone's going to clean this up by the time that she has to go on the bus. So I'm like, I don't even. So like totally. Did you call PSC&G or who who, who handles the wires? I, I, I don't know. So cable vision, maybe? So, like, me, just my complete and utter, I'm like, eh, not my problem, <laughs> type of thing. Right. Not thinking about anybody else or my great neighbors that live on the block, right? No, don't even think about it. Like, a total dope. Because I, like, I'm listening to McMonagall do Yankee Hot Stove, and I'm just driving in thinking, is there going to be any traffic? So, about an hour later, my buddy, the boiler guy across the street, he likes to get up very early go to the gym, and then start his day. Blue-collar guy, hands dirty, you know, drives his big work truck. He's got like an F-750. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's driving down the road. All right. What happens? He hits the live wire. It wraps around his side view mirror and <laughs> starts sparking everywhere. It look, looks like Back to the Future. Don't get out of the car, son. Yeah. Do so they, not get out of the car. So then he ends up, he just keeps going because it's wrapped around his mirror. He's like, I got to stop. <laughs> snaps, you know? Yeah. And then he's just like, well, <laughs> he keeps going too. It just goes about his day. Yeah, well, you, you, your rubber tires are grounding your car. Don't get out of it. Right. Do not, do not get out of right. it. Right. But yeah, I mean, it is uh, uh, like you can't, you can't be messing around. But I'm just a moron. Like, what, what type of idiot am I? Where I oh, don't right. tell who, anybody. Who, who, do you have a phone number that you can call to report downed wires? Here, look. This is the, the ring camera video. Press play on that. Okay. If you can see it. You can watch him driving by in his truck and getting electrocuted from the person's house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Isn't that unbelievable? You ran right through it, yes. <laughs> See it exploding. Yeah, I don't know. What are you doing? That's why you call PSENG? What I guess doing? so, yeah. You got to down wires, yeah. <sighs> Such an idiot. Have you ever even thought about it? Like, have you ever had that conversation with Gina? Like, all right, here's who supplies this. Here who supplies this. We smell gas. This is who we have to talk. It's not no. my gas, real gas. <laughs> no, no. We got Never, call. because she just text me while I'm on the show. It doesn't that fix Yeah, this. but you don't have all those emergency numbers. You should have them. Yeah. I hate to tell you that. But I mean emergency no I mean emergency numbers. Like you can find it two seconds now. You Google everything. You don't have to have oh. it on a wall. It's you know better, what I'm saying? It's better to have it right there. Yeah. Do you still do you have a landline? No. You don't do have a landline. landline. No, no landline. So when the grid goes down, we're all screwed. <laughs> That's like a new thing now. The new the new scare everybody thing is the electrical grid going down or how about like the phone grid went down the other night oh yeah for some people right? for at&t well no it was a bunch of everybody uh it was across the board but i think a few other companies got hit a little bit harder than some other ones yeah i don't think i had that issue with with verizon i don't think so i think it was mostly at&t and then it just everybody got freaked out because that netflix movie whatever that was just came out where the grid went down. Yeah. I started, everybody started eating each other. You think it's yeah. China? China. <laughs> China. Uh, John in New Jersey. What's going on, John? 
Hey, how you guys doing this morning? What's up, man? Good. What do you got for us? All right. Um, 19, you're talking about court storming and everything else. 1976, Chris Chambliss hits a home run. Yankees win the American League ch- uh, Championship Series. If you remember watching him after he hits that home run, he's trying to round the base. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And everybody's storming the uh, the field and everything else. He never actually touches home plate. He has to come back out later with an umpire and touch home plate so that they can record that as the uh, the game-winning home run. However, <clears throat> you were talking about you know what would happen if somebody took a swipe at somebody, and that's very true. If you watch Chambliss, guys are coming up to him. They're trying to take his helmet and everything else, and he's just trying to defend himself. He's he's forearming guys off, if I remember correctly. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. But, Gio, when you had mentioned about, you know, somebody taking a swipe at somebody, it just reminded me of Shambles and, uh, and that whole crazy situation. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, that is a great example. I mean, how about even when Hank Aaron, he broke the, the record it's seven fifteen, right? That dude to met him between second and third. Start patting him on the back. It's crazy. Yeah, it was one dude. It was two dudes, wasn't it? Two? Uh yeah, I think two. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just... but but the thing about it is, this is not that that was not court storming. No, I is it my recollection that the World Series that they won and Wade Boggs was on the police horse. Yeah, yeah, the ninety six. Right? Did they storm the field then? I don't think so. No. I don't think so, right? Because no, they had the horses out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe. And then Wade Boggs is riding around on a horse, <laughs> which was the the worst image for a Red Sox fan of all time up to yes, that point. Yes, was <laughs> just worse. but one of the great all time sports images. Oh yeah, in this I mean, city. Right, right. Of course. But no, I, I mean I don't remember a Major League Baseball field storming in I don't know how long. I mean, probably the seventies, right? Oh, I remember the, the nineteen sixty nine Mets, the Miracle Mets. Yeah, they yeah. had a field storm. That was yeah, yeah. In eighty six, when they won the division, and I was one of them. Oh, really? I have had some grass in my backyard for many, many years that survived. Wow, you're you, a weirdo. Did you did you plant it? Yeah, you planted grass from Shea Stadiums. Yes. Wow. So you brought it home right away and put it right in the ground. Correct, and it survived. For many years. When did it die? Oh, gosh. I think when the, the tree that was next to it got bigger and the roots... What, 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 what did you do? Did you just, like, grab grass and put it in a bag? Correct. Or did you and cut it out like a, a piece of I just kind of pulled, pulled a strip of sod up. That was a big deal. And so that's when they won the division. Correct. Not even when they won the... War- so someone had to replace that oh, yeah. divot, if you will. Oh, yeah, that was a big story. Series. How... how Rough the field, what the rough shape it was in. Oh, after so when after they did the playoff series, that was uh, September seventeenth. I want to say Chico Walker. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is right. <laughs> You're out there ripping the grass off. Yeah, like a total idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not alone. There's about twenty thousand people on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. I want to go back and and watch that. Was a lot of people grabbing grass and stuff. Oh yeah, the field was a mess. I mean, as as much as I loved the Mets and had these great experiences back in the day, I would have never thought to jump on the field and start ripping stuff out of the ground. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I would never, even in my craziest, in my 20s, I don't think I would have done that. I really don't think so. I don't so. know when it started, but Boomer's right in 69 it happened. Yeah, it definitely happened. But it did not happen, well, they won the, okay, the pennant in Houston, but uh, after they won the World Series, it did not happen. Yeah. 
And it was probably because it was so fresh off of the other thing. And it Correct. was like a thing at that point, right? But we had the parachute guy also. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go to John in Garden City. What's going on, John? Hey, guys. Good morning. Love the show. Thanks, man. What's up? Hey, so I was at St. John's Creighton um, over the weekend. And uh, you guys were talking about storming the court. Uh, they had, in the last minute of the game, first off, the place was electric at, and and. It wasn't at capacity, so we can't wait till the till the team, you know, really gets really good. But they had security guards, you know, like every minute in the last, you know, minute c- come out. You know, it was a show of force in in the student section to basically stand out there, nod their heads, and they they sent the message: there will be no storming of the court. Today. And that's and that's we're also like I mean that's at Madison Square Garden, right? I mean that's a you know they have the built-in security to handle that because they host NBA games. Now, if the Knicks had taken down somebody in Carneseca that was a top-five team, that they probably wouldn't be playing a top-five team. St. John's if, if St. John's yeah, took down a team at, at Carneseca, they probably wouldn't be playing a, a great team at Carneseca, probably be at the Garden. That's a much harder thing to control. Yeah, yeah. A smaller amount of people, too. I mean, that if you've seen Carneseca, though, the the ends where people would would like storm the court that that's you know that's like elevated they'll come down from the middle right so anyway but um it was uh it was there was talk of it you know you heard rumblings we were right next to the student section they're like we're gonna storm the court and these guys came out they're like no you're not storming anything yeah so, I mean that would have been uh, one of those like listen that was a great win for St John's. But after the season they've had up until this point, you yeah, take down the yet. number 15 team, you're storming the court. Yeah, That's not yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I mean, I, you got to you gotta wait until it's like you, you're taking down the number two team and you're the number five team or something, you know? Well, or I mean, or if you're like the 20th ranked team and you're taking down number one, at least you're having a good season. You take down, down the UConn at, at some point. Uh, let's go to Steve in Stanford. What's going on, Steve? How you doing, guys? What's All up, right, Stevie, what's happening? 1969, I was 14 um, for the for the clinch game where they clinched Eastern Division, stormed the field, and if you ever look at the highlights from that from that game, you can see me crawling across the dugout <laughs> and jumping on the field. And then in the series, when we stormed the field in the series, I still have when we won when we won the fifth game, I have a bag of dirt up on my uh, on my mantle. <laughs> From from storming the field, I got it off the mound, and the idea that you know Tom Seaver touched that dirt, and it was it was great, but it was pure exuberance. There was nothing but pure joy. Right, you there was no, there was a, no cell phones, none of that crap, no selfies, it was, it none was, of that. It was pure emotion, pure joy. You know, just just you know, fifty thousand people screaming for joy, and it was great. It was. It was it was really one of the true great emotions that I felt in my life, you know, having the Mets win. And I grew up in Elmhurst, Queens, right down the street from mm. the stadium. So it was like more than a home team. It was my neighborhood team. Oh, yeah. You know, and you were 14, we which is stadium. just right in the wheelhouse of, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that, watching your team win a championship at 14 years old. Exactly. They were they were more than players. They were kind of like friends. They were like neighborhood kids. It was it was great. It was our team and our team won and and it was just it was just wonderful. So right. there's there was nothing wrong with that. No, uh, no, no, not not at all. Now uh what fast forward 55 years and they're not even trying to win in 2024. So <laughs> oh, Not going to have any euphoria. Oh, you stop. 
lose your best pitcher for a couple months. Eh, let's not sign anybody. Well, you got, still, we got just, Buto. I think you're still spending over $300 million, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, it is Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Quick break. Get Jerry back here. Another update. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. We've got Jerry Recco back with us. We're giving away tickets to see uh, Avenge Sevenfold. Life is but a dream. North American tour coming up in uh, 15 minutes or less. But Jerry's got an update now. What's going on, Jerry? Uh, brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Uh, Nick's Pistons last night. On paper, you certainly thought... Big time mismatch, and yet here was Detroit with the ball down a point late. Cunningham being chased up top. Fantecchio extra pass to Grimes. Shot clock at six. Grimes off the bounce. Running layup is good. What a shot from Grimes. 14 points here in the fourth quarter, and the Pistons lead by one. Almost, almost, almost brought his team to an improbable win at the Garden, but at the other end. Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Yeah, but nothing was called. Mike Breen on MSG, and a lot of the contact happened prior, obviously, to the uh, the banked-in shot that we played. Otherwise, it would have been about a 40-second sequence. 113-111 was the final as the Knicks, and you, I said it last week, again, reaffirming what you've said, like Mike Breen did Knicks Pistons last night. <laughs> He's not missing a lot of games, boy. Someone's into this team. Yeah, yeah. Mike on uh, MSG. They all do. Anybody covering this team. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> sure. It's here, been a long 25 years, man. Here was Tom Thibodeau. Uh, tough game against the team. Who knew? 8-49 and 49 now. It was a physical uh, game from the start, and I'm fine with that uh, as long as it's, you know, the same both ways. You know, and I felt it was. You know, it was very physical. Alluding to the officials there, Monty Williams not quite as happy with the officiating because he thought his team was in line for a win. No foul called, and he made it quite clear. We just want a fair game called. Period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game. And that was not fair. I'm done. <laughs> and he got up and left. Uh, Cade Cunningham, well, we're 8-49. and 49. We've lost a lot of close games. Par for the course. That's how the year's going for us. Got another chance at it tomorrow. Um, I mean, I could, <laughs> I could say it all, but another opportunity tomorrow, man. Save the money. No need to write a check to the league. Um, here was Dante DiVincenzo. He had 21 in this game. Jalen Brunson, by the way, had 35 points. 
Again, 8-49. and 49. You would think the Knicks would have rolled this team. He says you got to take every team in this league seriously. You have to respect everybody on the other side. If you're an NBA, um, you're on that court, you're a great player. doesn't matter what the record says. doesn't matter anything like that. So um, I think first and foremost, you, you go into the next game with you know even more respect for the next opponent. And so the Knicks will go into the next game uh, against New Orleans tonight at the Garden. As for the Nets, they got a rare win. They beat the Grizzlies uh, by the score of 111-86. to Dennis Schroeder at 18. Cam Thomas, 14, before he left with an ankle injury. Lonnie Walker and Dorian Finney-Smith, 13 apiece. Nets back at it again tonight in Orlando. Orlando on the fan at 650. This is off the beaten path, but we've been talking a lot about golf. Have you seen this viral video of the pro female golfer um, that was offered help by a random guy or something? Yeah. So the guy's name is uh, Georgia. uh, the, The woman's name is Georgia Ball. She's a pro female golfer. She went on this morning in London like, why not tell him who you are? Because you're a professional. He clearly is not. She's working on her swing, and yet she would listen to him and kind of smile and smirk. As a humble person, it's just not in me to say I'm a professional golfer. I know I know what I'm doing. So it just wasn't in me to, to say that to Quite him. humble, mm-hmm. unlike our own Sal Licata, who likes telling the listeners, I'm a pro. I'm the pro! <laughs> <laughs> Which is what she could have done. If you watch it, she really... he went after and after and after so she's now doing the circuit because her video has gone viral as they say i don't know she's making money on it she does a lot of um golf content as she says so she's uh, one that's out there too now the nfl will have lots of free agent running backs we know about saquon barkley you certainly uh, know of it yes yeah just just another uh, point on that what you're talking about yeah. so this, this balloon head yesterday that i'm playing with we're we're both playing not great all right both shot in the hundreds he had the goal at one point after I had a bad chip to go, you know what I'm saying is oh I said, I said, no, no, no. Listen, there are people I will listen to. <laughs> I am not listening to you. <laughs> now, I know he's he's slightly better than me. He's played longer. But when he said, you know what I'm seeing? I was like, you know what I'm seeing? The future where I'm never playing with you again. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So that was a one and done. Oh, my God. I, well, man, this guy must have been some kind of loser. And, you know, he and he he'd been playing for a while. And I said, let's play straight up. And and he, he won by like four strokes, like one on the front, three on the back. We both did not play well. But he, when he I couldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, guy, we're working on your swing with you. Oh, wow. that is very funny. Man. Pass the blunt. Uh, so yeah so you saw saquon barkley yesterday so that's kind of cool will he be a giant won't he who knows we will find out Uh, but one player like saquon who would like to remain with his current team is josh jacobs in las vegas i'm not stressing it at all man i mean you don't see me putting out nothing crazy you don't see nothing like that um, you know, I, I trust in God's plan. Um, obviously, this is home for me. Um, you know, regardless of how it play out, this is still uh, somewhere I will, will, will forever, you know, keep a house and things like that. And then maybe Saquon can forever keep a house hmm. here. Seems to like it in the offseason. I'm with you. This is where you are right now, huh? <laughs> I know. Huh. Monday in February. could be anywhere. I know that Boomer says, oh, he's probably training. And I, I get it. But a lot of these guys go out west to train. They do. Yeah. And they all train together, a lot of guys. Yeah. Especially out like in Phoenix, in the Phoenix area and down in the Miami area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miami yeah. area is big, right? Don't they usually have those quarterback and wide receiver camps? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But they all work out with private, you know, workout mm. guys and coaches and things of that nature now. 
Uh, good news for Nestor Cortez. Good velocity so far. He's coming back from the rotator cuff injury. Um, here he was yesterday. He did throw a couple of innings in the Yankees' uh, spring training game against the Twins. Here was reaction from the way things felt for him. Going back to the, that, the last live that I threw, um, it felt like I, I didn't need much. You know, I didn't have to step on much to get the velo that I usually get. And then going out to there today, it felt good. I think I was like 91, 92 for the most part. Touched three and four. I did step on a few. Um, and it felt great, so hopefully I can build off that. Yankees, Good, you know, he's a crafty pitcher, Jerry. Yeah, he was great a couple of years ago. Yes, he, he was. He got back to that, and then if Rodon ever actually pitched like he's going to Well, Rodon supposedly touched 96-97, right? Okay. How about he doesn't give up 17 runs in the first inning like he did the last time we saw him? Okay. Good point. Uh, Yankees play the Rays today. Clark Schmidt to start. As for the Mets, um, here was... Trace Thompson first. He had a grand slam in their uh, pre-spring uh, training game yesterday. He's happy to be with his new team. I've been super impressed. It's been a lot of fun. And happy that I signed here. And, uh, looking forward to my time in this organization. But I don't know how long that'll be, but he is here right he? now. You know? Boy, Trace Thompson was with the Dodgers in like 2017-18. So I will, he's got to be 30, 31 maybe? Mm. Right around there. Uh, meantime, Luis Severino is with the Mets. Uh, the story came out that he only sleeps five hours a night, so he's up that to six. Um, how did his bullpen... Uh, I can't play that. You know what? I can't even look at you and play that. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Adrian Hauser will make the start tonight. <laughs> you know uh, what's funny? is like when Boomer asked how old's Trace Thompson. I actually made a move to the computer, and then halfway in that move, I'm like, I don't give a crap, and then I stopped. <laughs> and that's kind of like I stopped uh, in the middle yeah. of about to play this. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm actually looking By at it way, saying, what would I play? 32. Okay. You have his... Well, never mind. He was hit what, 163. Yes, no, I was going to... Like, what was his... I think his... There was one season with the Dodgers. He played relatively well. Other than that, he hasn't had much of a, of a baseball career. Well, Boomer's looking up his war right now. I don't huge want his, into war. I don't want his war. It's I was just huge. wondering what his batting average was. And no, 163 well, last, last year. Well, last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. talking about the year with... The, well, never mind. Uh, the Islanders beat the Stars in overtime. 3-2... Bo Horvat, the game winner for Matthew Barzell, who said had to have it. There were some frustrating moments, honestly, during the game. There was a lot of ups and downs, and uh, we stuck with it the whole way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gassed right now. Yeah, well, he played a lot of uh, time on the ice, put a lot of time on the ice, and they get the win. 3-2 uh, was the final there. You got the Devils in San Jose tonight. The Rangers are off again. They'll play Columbus tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Boomer and Gio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. So, Bronny James was a much ballyhooed prospect for a while. And then he had that uh, similar but different cardiac arrest situation that you saw with DeMar Hamlin. Sort of a same type of result, but caused in a different way. And then also had an up and down year, sort of quiet year for USC. So, a an ESPN... Uh, first 2025 mock draft came out and Bronny was listed as the 39th overall pick. So people said, all right, you know, should he stay in school another year? He's supposed to be a one and done. Maybe he'll stay in school. So LeBron goes to X, tweets a bunch of stuff, then deletes it. So he wrote, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. 
If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. And he also said to all the other kids out there striving to be great, just keep your head down, blinders on, keep grinding. These mock drafts don't matter one bit. I promise you, only the work matters. Let's talk real basketball people and then put the king emoji out there. All right, so um, sounds like sound fatherly protection and advice to everyone. And I know that LeBron is the king, and I know that he was the number one overall pick, and he's lived up to every expectation, and he's really trying to protect his son. And Why would, would he delete it? I don't know. I don't know why he would. I, I would just say, like... <laughs> It doesn't really matter. I mean, like, I, I don't know how Bronny took it. And I know Bronny's had, obviously, the physical issue that you were talking about. And I hope he does stay in school for a couple of years. And I hope he goes to class. And I hope that he gets the full immersion of what it's like to be a college athlete on a great campus. Sure. I mean, I, I've always advocated, you know, it's a different world now. I know the money is so much different. Um, but the four and a half years that I spent at the University of Maryland was was irreplaceable in my eyes. And, you know, I learned to grow as a man there and learned a lot about who I was and uh, was fortunate enough to have some really, really special people around me. And I, I, I just wish that in this day and age, a kid like this, especially with that name and the expectations yeah. come along with that name, he could just be left alone. Yeah, this is just one of those things that I agree. Sound, fatherly advice from a professional. The one thing I didn't like about it was, can you just let a kid be a kid? Like, you got to understand Bronny James is not going to get treated like any other kid that's playing college basketball. I think there's a lot I of people mean, that want to see him fail just because he's LeBron James. Well, that's, kid, that really sucks. Sad, that's, really that sad. sucks. But I mean, maybe that's why I deleted it because people are like, what are you talking about, man? And, you know, and he's been talking about his son. He's been in the spotlight. He's been out there. He goes to the games and it's just, it's tough for Bronny James to be like everybody else. And he's, and, and, and the kids these days, let a kid be a kid. And how many of these top college athletes are getting a ton of money? Like Deion Sanders' kid. Right. I mean, are, can we say they're kids anymore? We say that they're professional athletes. Right, and they're making the most of it and good for them. I, I just, you know, I think about like Howie and Chris Long. Uh, um, and I think about, uh, you know, what it must be like to have grown up as having your father, a Hall of Fame defensive lineman for the Raiders. Right. And you think about, you know, both the Long brothers actually went on to have real good NFL careers and and Chris Long won a couple of Super Bowls and I, I just think about the pressure that they must have put themselves under because of who their dad was. Sure and you saw you were out last week but the qualifier that Charlie Woods played in did not play well. He's another one. He well, hold on yeah he he shot in 86 who cares whatever he's 15 14 years old but there were people there was not enough security at the event there were people following him down the fairway to, to like where his shot would be. There was a grandmother who had a granddaughter with her trying to set them up on a date. There were people that when he hit, you know, they would go after his golf ball, you know, after he hit to try to like grab it as a souvenir. I mean, it's, it's, Comes with the territory, but at some point, I mean, they, you got to understand if you're running an event that Charlie Woods is going to be in, that you got to have extra security. But it's got to, it's also got to change who these young men are. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that, you know, Bronny James has lived in a world of opulence and private jets and great vacations. And yeah, I'm sure Charlie Woods is the same thing, but, you know, they have to 
figure out the drive that their fathers had to get their fathers ahead in life. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have that same thing going on in their lives. Right. Because of their father's wealth and because of their father's access to whatever they want. Exactly. It's tough. I mean, it, that's it's got to be. It's just got to be. Can't impossible. manufacture that, right? I no, I don't think you can. I, I, but if you're able to live that life and live under those circumstances and somehow come through it and be so uber focused on becoming the best that you possibly can be at whatever it is under those under those lights, it's it, it would be an amazing story for them. I, you know, you just hope that they don't flame out and they don't become burdened or overburdened by the stress of it all yeah and and i i do agree that probably you know Bronny james for those who say stay in school i think he absolutely should and not have to chase the one and done thing it, that's silly stay in school didn't work out this year you weren't totally healthy at the beginning it's okay it's all right. This, you're not a failure and if you stay another year. And don't you think like that's what his dad is saying? Yeah, I hope so. Right? Should be. Saying, and, and by the way, you're a top 50 uh, basketball player this year. Maybe you'll be a top 25 next year or top 10 next year. You, you'll grow another year. You'll have a, another year experience under your belt. You'll be smarter. You'll feel better. And then maybe you'll enjoy college as well. Yes, which is something that... Um, is different these days than what uh, you dealt with in the college experience. I mean, now it's just basically the minor leagues. I mean, it's so- amazing. Like I could not work when I was on scholarship at the University of Maryland, and I wanted to work. I wanted to until uh, the summer came around, and a buddy of mine hired me, Frank, and two of my uh, other roommates. Yeah, and they were paying us five dollars an hour in lunch. And we were working. We were sitting around turning on the sprinklers. Right, right, right. We were actually cleaning out. An old warehouse that a two, of two of my friends had bought, and it was a motorcycle teaching school. So there were all these motorcycle parts all throughout this, probably, I would say, 10,000 square foot warehouse. Wow. That we had to clean out and take apart and rip down the walls. $5 an hour? $5 an hour and lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit different, huh? Down in the D.C. area, you know, at a, like 102 degrees and humid and no air conditioning. Humid. It's the humidity. Yeah, but you know what? You kind of learn a little something about yourself. No, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's kind of fun. Well, looking back on it now, it's fun. Yeah. I and mean, you say sure. that you, you went through it, right? I mean, you say I'm that you I did. It. Right. Uh, let's go to Joe in Astoria. What's going on, Joe? Hey, what's up? Good morning, guys. Hey, man. Uh, quick story. I went to the last game at Yankee Stadium in uh, 2008, and game's over. We're walking down the tunnel, and I don't know if you guys remember, there was like these slippery when wet signs. Do you remember that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this guy, out of nowhere, just rips it off the wall and just takes it, put it under his arm. You know that, that sound that metal makes when it's like, you know, flopping around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the tunnel, down the tunnel. Walking backward, laughing, like, you know, whatever. And then he gets to his car, and it's the tiniest little hatchback, and he's trying to shove this big sign in the back of his car. <laughs> I just thought, I, I, when Eddie told that story about the grass, I thought about that guy shoving the uh, slippery one wet sign. Oh, my God. I'm sure there are a lot of people taking stuff from Yankee Stadium in that last game. Oh, they were ripping everything. Pieces yeah. of paint off the wall, everything. They would just, anything they could uh, grab. But they paint off the wall? What are you going to do yeah. with that? No, I don't know. People, who knows? Yeah, who, know, who knows? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? 
Yeah, I was not one of those guys that needed a souvenir from. I remember, so I was at the last game at Shea, and Scott and Colts Neck was as well. What's going on, Scott? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm uh, I'm very proud to say I'm a, a long-time suffering Jets fan, and I got a chance to see one of the angriest moments ever, ever, for a Jet fan, the last game at Shea. And I believe it was in the early 80s. We were home from school from Cincinnati, Ohio, and my friend Joe V and I, got tickets, and I believe the Jets actually had a chance to make the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong on that. If they won the game, but they didn't. And all I could remember was all of these uh, uh, cops on horses with the, the big Batman shields were on the field, but yet it did not deter anybody <laughs> from storming that field. And we in the stands who were sitting, you know, further up were watching this, like, uh, sod-throwing fest <laughs> yeah. at the police. Oh, and they gosh. didn't do a thing about it. They just let, they just let everybody throw the, the grass at him, the sod at him. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at this guy next to me. He was totally juiced up. And he starts kicking the chair that he was sitting on and... Sure enough, he kicks it out of the uh, the cement, and he hands it to me. And he says, here's your souvenir from Shea. And I'm like, whoa, this is unbelievable. So my friend Jovi and I walk out. We ran to the subway station to get back to the city. And as I'm about to get in, I think it was the 7 train, I feel this very big hand on my shoulder pull me back. And it was an NYPD guy. And he looks at me and he goes, you walk onto the train with that chair. He goes, you're coming with me down to the station. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I thought I didn't read the, uh, the the whole description. I thought he was talking about the last Met game at Shea. I obviously wasn't at the you, last Jet you, game you at Shea. There. I was at the last Met game at Shea. And the reason why that people didn't storm the field there. So they'd lost that horrible game again to the Marlins. And they brought out Piazza and Tom Seaver and had a ceremony game. After, the after, game. after the game. Yeah. Right. So no one was jumping on the field and going crazy and all that stuff. And then everybody just left depressed. And I don't remember after. I think I was gone and I don't remember anything after that. I don't think after the ceremony people jumped on or anything. So that that's what deterred people that day. You know what makes me think of maybe I because we all thought that the Mets did it backwards. They should have done all the pomp and circumstance before, before the game. Right. But then again, now that I'm thinking, maybe the Mets were smart by doing it the way they did to keep the fans from running onto the field because that last game for the Jets was December 10th, 1983. Mm. And that was a home loss to Pittsburgh. They got smacked by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And angry fans ripping chairs out and everything that the guys said. Exactly. Yeah. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 